This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. We do want to welcome you back to the Academy podcast brought to you by the Online Academy of Biblical Studies and Bible Way Media. I want to thank Brother David Long for being here with me today, one of our instructors. So thank you, David, for joining us uh, this morning. Glad to be here. So as uh, we were talking earlier, I mentioned that uh, we've been interviewing basically using this as a get-to-know-you, interviewing our instructors, giving people a chance to get to know everyone a little bit better. And so we'll get right into it this morning. Uh, why did you get into preaching? And if you went to preaching school, where did you go to preaching school at? Okay, why did I get into preaching? Uh, that's a long story. Let's see, how can I make it short? <laughs> uh, I obey the gospel in 1981 in uh, Wyandotte, Missouri, when I was 20 years old. Uh, Larry Arbor baptized me. He was the preacher there. And uh, oh, a couple of years, I guess, went by, and he was uh, took a position down in Arkansas. And uh, there wasn't no really uh, men to start preaching or anything like that. They couldn't hire a man in a pretty small congregation. And Larry worked full-time as a carpenter, too. So Larry... Uh, started working with me and another guy before he left. He, there was uh, a congregation nearby who was having a kind of a uh, evening where a young man would uh, lead singing and uh, do little devos. So he started taking us there. I didn't know at the time, but he was setting me up to preach. Uh, <laughs> so when he left, he said, you guys, uh, you're going to take over the preaching position. And I said, uh, what? <laughs> anyway, uh, that's how we got started. Uh, me and another guy would uh, take turns preaching uh, Sundays, you know, just kind of back and forth. That's how I got started. Um, and uh, I went to school in Memphis, uh, graduated in 1992. And that's, that's, that's another interesting story. Uh, from that uh, preaching part-time, uh, let's see, uh, late 89 or early 1990, uh, Tom Bryant was uh, the preacher at the Curry Street Church of Christ, and uh, he, they were having a uh, Saturday uh, Bible class school type situation. And so I, I, I started going there in uh, probably, I don't know, again, late 89, 90s, been so long I forgot. Anyway, I started attending that Saturday school, and uh, Brother Eddie Gilpin was the preacher at, uh, Memphis, at uh, Mammoth Spring back then, and he was one of the instructors at the school on Saturday. And he was having a Bible study with a couple near Winona. And so he, uh, he talked to me one day about coming with him to that Bible study because he thought this couple was pretty close to being baptized. He thought if they're baptized, he would see them rather attend Winona because it was closer than Anna's Spring. Such a sure. So we went to the Bible study that night and, and stayed with them. They weren't baptized, but, on the way home, he said, David, you ever thought about going to preaching school? And I said, eh, kind of, maybe. Uh, didn't know how difficult that would be to get started. And he said, if I helped you out to get that started, would you be interested in going? I said, sure. So from that point, we started writing letters. He we went down to school and visited it. And uh, so next year in 90, I was started to Memphis and graduated there in 1992. <laughs> That's the story behind that. I forget that uh, 
You know, Tom Brown uh, had a course helped start OABS. I forgot he was at Curry Street uh, back yeah, in the he day. Was, he was there. I forgot we, what year he came, but like I said, they had that Saturday Bible class going. And, mm-hmm. and he is a Tom was really a great encouragement to me. He he really pushed me along, so I appreciated him. Now, uh, where are you preaching now? I'm going to put these two questions together. And um, when did you start with OABS? Of course, I know, but others may not. Uh, right now, I'm preaching for the Higginsville Church of Christ. I've uh, been here 26 years. I started OABS this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. As uh, us talking to Chuck about about uh, getting you on, and and uh, I think he told me he was trying to get you to to work with OABS in the past. And I said, well, I guess I just yeah. asked to the right time. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I knew about you... I knew about OBS for a long time because, uh, like I said, I knew Tom early. And uh, at the same time, and I was in why I know an interesting story is that uh, Brother Ted was uh, preaching for the Mountain View Church of Christ. And they were having a, uh, which I didn't know Ted then, but they were having a meeting uh, one week. And my wife and I went to that meeting. That's when I met Ted there. And uh, so him and, I knew him and Tom pretty early when they started getting this thing going. I appreciate Ted too. He was, I didn't realize when I came to Higginsville in 96, he was preaching over there in Kansas and to preach lunch. And I saw him, I said, I think I've seen you before. And I, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So Ted was a great encouragement to me early down there in Winona. Well, good. Yeah. I know he's been a big encouragement to a lot of folks. Uh, so, the last one here is why did you want to teach with OABS or what, maybe why were you willing to do so? <laughs> well, that's, uh, uh, that's another interesting story. Like I said, uh, brother Larry Yara baptized me and he really, as a young man, 20 years old, young Christian man, he, uh, really encouraged me. He was a preacher there and he would go to Bible studies and he had invite me along to his, we would get to drill mill friends trips and he'd say, David, I got a Bible study, not you coming along. So I said, all right. So I'd meet him at the church building. We'd go to Bible studies. And so, and so as a young man, young Christian man, he really, he really pushed me along to do what's right and uh, be a Christian. But uh, reason I started OABS when I, when you asked me to teach and I asked what class uh, that denominational doctrine, I looked that up. I saw Larry was the instructor on that. I thought it's big shoes to fill, but I feel privileged to be able to teach the class that he once taught. That's, that's an honor to me. He being yeah. my mentor as a young man. Well, I know we're glad we're glad to have you, and definitely appreciate you coming on with us and doing such a good job with us. And glad you're you're here and part of OABS. Um, so we we usually do a Bible discussion. We let uh, our our uh, guest uh, pick it, and so I'm gonna let you take it from here. From uh, you mentioned Jeremiah chapter 11, and so we'll. Uh, begin our discussion portion uh, at this time. All right. Let me read that. Uh, my scripture is Jeremiah chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 8. And the reason I picked out Jeremiah chapter 11 is because uh, I have been uh, uh, studying through Jeremiah lately, uh, working on a series of sermons from the book. Mm-hmm. And so as reading through it, there's some verses that stuck out at me for sermon ideas. This is one sermon idea I'm working on in Jeremiah chapter 11. Let me, let me read it first, 1 through 8, Jeremiah 11. 
the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, hear the words of this covenant and speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, cursed be the man that obeyeth not the words of his covenant, which I commanded you, your fathers in the day that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace saying, obey my voice and do, do them according to all which I command you. So shall ye be my people, and I'll be your God. That I may perform the oath which I have sworn unto your fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as is this day. Then answered I and said, So be it, Lord, O Lord. Then the Lord said unto me, Proclaim all these words in the city of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, and do them. For I earnestly protested unto your fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, arising early and protesting, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, but walked every one in the imagination of their evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did them not. Now, as I read through that, I got three major points. You know, it's got to be a three-point sermon. So <laughs> I got three main points out of that. Uh, first one is uh, God doesn't forget his word. You know, uh, I may forget stuff. I do. I may forget what I said an hour ago. You know, it just... We're forgetful people sometimes, but God doesn't forget his word. It had, if I got my numbers right, uh, it had been around 800 years or so since the covenant was given. I think that's Deuteronomy chapter five, but 800 years, somewhere along in there. But you know what? God hadn't forgotten it. He told them about his covenant right there in Jeremiah chapter 11. Uh, you know, we think, I think sometimes people think, well, God will forget what he said. Uh, no, he won't. He remembered his covenant. It had been over 800 years. And he's still telling them to keep it. Uh, so I think it's important to learn that God does not forget his word. On the day of judgment, he's going to remember what he said. He's going to bring it up. Okay. Uh, another good example is uh, Genesis chapter 9. 11 through 17, uh, does God still remember the covenant made with the right rainbow? Yes, he does. He said, every time I see it, I'll remember my covenant. And how long has that been? Mm -hmm. you know? So God doesn't forget his word. No matter how much time passes, he not forget what he said. Number two, uh, time does not make the covenant void. Again, over 800 years have passed, and still the covenant is still binding. God told them to keep it. He expected them. In fact, he expected every generation since its beginning to keep it. Now, they hadn't done it, but he still brought it up and said, you got your fathers didn't keep it, but I expect you to keep it. You know, it's been over 2,000 years since Jesus gave the New Testament. Is, he, is that still binding? <laughs> Does he expect us to keep that? You know, I think some people say, well, that's old. You know, that's that's archaic. That's that's out of style. God, no, it's still up to date. He's mm -hmm. still, you know, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 is still true? Is all scripture still inspired? Yeah. 
the command in Matthew 28 to go preach the gospel. Is, is that still binding? Does God still expect his people to do that? Uh, yes, he does. Uh, I don't care if it 10,000 years past, that will always be true. It's true then. It's true now. The time will not change it. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 24 and 25 says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel preached unto you. How long is it going to stand? The Bible says it's going to be around forever. So it's not going anywhere. Number three, their rebellion did not change anything. Judah had rebelled against God, but that didn't change nothing. Did they expect it to change? Uh, maybe, but God, it didn't. It didn't. It, the, true today, people think that their rebellion somehow will change what God says, or maybe he'll say, you know, well, you know, I've said that, but, you know, I'll, no, that's not going to do it. It's, rebellion doesn't change the word of God. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 48. He that rejected me and received not my words hath one that judgeth him, the word that I have spoken, watch this now, the same to judge him in the last day. No matter what happens, God's going to say, this is going to be it. Live by it, because you're going to face it. That's what I get out of that verse. <laughs> you know, and it's, what's interesting is, you know, people want to talk about sometimes the Bible being, like you said, out of date or out of touch, and or even the Old Testament, not, you know, not for us today yet. As you point out here, just from eight verses, you got three pretty, three very big points. You know, you know, like I said here, the first one, God doesn't forget His word. You know, people today think that God, you know, they'll take, like you said here, the first point here, God does not, for, you know, God, God does not forget His word, and law, law must be kept. Well, they'll look at that idea and they'll just say, no, that law was from so long ago. You know, that was to people of a different time. It doesn't really apply to us. You know, the Bible's out of touch, which is completely ridiculous because what we find is just the, the same old sins. Many times just, just use a different name. It's the same old things going on. You know, and disobedience is called disobedience, whether you're looking at the Old Testament, the New Testament, or today, it's the same thing. And, and I like, I like your last point here, that third one. You said, well, where their uh, rebellion didn't change anything. It didn't change God's law. And you're right. People think if they are upset enough or if their feelings are hurt enough that God will overlook the, their disobedience to his word because they're offended by it. And well, that doesn't change anything. Uh, you know, people were offended by God's law in the Old Testament. They're offended by it. Those who find it in the New Testament record, they're still offended by it today. But that hasn't changed anything. Uh, People want it to change, like you said, but it doesn't affect anything. The law is a law and it has to be obeyed. And failure to do so is going to come with uh, very stiff consequences. As we have there in verse eight, mentioning where, you know, they have to, they have walked in their own imagination and they, and they did not do them, that is uh, the words of God. And so, uh, you know, wonderful points there from Jeremiah chapter 11. Yes, the idea that, uh, <clears throat> They want God to change his word to fit their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. No, that's not going to happen. That never has happened. I don't care what time you frame you live in or what plant you're from. That that's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. We have to God has always uh, demanded that, that mankind change his lifestyle to fit what God has said. Mm -hmm. It's not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Nowadays with their type of 
ungodly living. Well, you know, that's the reason, one of the reasons people like to change the Bible so much. You know, they, they want to add different pronouns we've got nowadays <laughs> to fit the way they're living. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, you, can, you can make up all you want, but it's not going to change. God said you're going to face it exactly the way it's written. Yeah, you know, God, only, he only sees faithfulness or unfaithfulness. He only sees sin, uh, you know, sinfulness or or a righteous way of living. There's no there's no in between. There's there's no feelings being taken to account for it. You know, back when, uh, you know, you think about Nadab and Abihu and the things they did, uh, you know, offering up that profane fire to God. Uh, no doubt the family, you know, who was Aaron that he was sitting there, who was beginning to get upset. And Moses told him, this is what the law says what would happen, you know. And Bible says Aaron held his peace because he could be upset about all he wanted, but didn't change anything. The law is the law. And so we have to take uh, our emotions out of things. We get worked up about things and we want to think our emotions are going to override or supersede the word of God. And they don't. And so... That they want—that's the key right there. Okay, they're making it their emotional issue. A lot of uh, subjects today are made emotional issues. Well, not if the Bible says it. Okay, <laughs> the Word of God should ride over everything. Yeah, you, you know, and if we, you know, we got to change our thinking to it. Yeah, That's it's what don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I remember. And I've heard it different places. I've heard it worded a little bit differently. But the idea, we mold the, our lives around the Bible. We don't try to mold the Bible around our lives. You, know, you, can't, you can't change God's word, but you can change your life to fit it. And so we have to be the one who, who makes the, the, the nip here, the tuck there, and, and, and removing those things that don't align with God's word. You know, someone who, who's right. making a, a mold out of whatever material may be, they have to make it fit perfectly. Otherwise, it's not going to work. It's not going to look right. And it's the same thing with our lives today. That's the same idea in Romans chapter 12, you know, verses, uh, verse 2, where it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, in my uh, files, I have an illustration I use sometimes where the earth is, is a globe, and inside that globe is the shape of a man, and a man standing in that mold, and the earth is trying to push him down into its mold. The world yes. wants to shape him into what it wants it to be. Well, don't, we can't allow. That's what the Romans 12, 2 is saying. Don't allow the world to shape you. Don't be conformed to it. The world has its way of thinking, its way of acting, its way of living. The Bible says you can't do none of that. You can't, you can't do those things what the world does. you got to be transformed completely. It begins with the mind, Okay. You know, I, I think about to uh, go over to Jeremiah chapter 20, and this is one of my favorite sections in Scripture. And this is Jeremiah. You know, it's he, he's a prophet of God, and in Jeremiah 20, you find him, you know, in the stockade or in the stocks because of his message he's been preaching. And he hears people getting upset with him, as we know. He's released from the stocks. He goes before the king. He tells him everything's going to happen. And one of the last things he said is, you and all your friends are going to die. Uh, and, and then he, you know, he could have softened that because if you look at the verses following that, it's very clear all his friends and his acquaintances hated him for what he had said. And they looked at harming him as their way of taking revenge upon him. But he didn't soften from the truth. He, you know, if he would have said something other than the truth, he would have been displeasing to God. And so he chose to displease his acquaintances and anyone else in order to 
obey God. And that involved telling the king, you're gonna, you're, you and all your friends are going to die. So yeah, that's a hard message right there to preach. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, when you come straight from the stocks, and one of the first things you say is, "You're all going to die for what you've done." Uh, pretty brave, but of course, you know he was right. Obviously, uh, with what was going to take place, but you know, being faithful to God, I think sometimes we forget requires us being uncomfortable sometimes and taking right. steps that meaning that people may not like. Uh, pointing yeah. out things that other people may not appreciate, but in the end, the end result or the end, uh, the reason we do those things is because we want to make sure we are pleasing to God so that we and everyone else who is faithful can go to heaven. And if we fail, if we, if we lighten the load, if we change the message, if we tone it down, we're doing ourselves and everyone else who hears us at this service because it's either the whole truth or it's, it's not going to be accurate. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add before we close this out? As we gave our mini sermons for for, for, for today. So I appreciate the time, brother. Yes, I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate everyone who's listening. And we encourage you to tune in and to listen to all these episodes here on the Academy, as well as other uh, podcasts found found on Byway Media. And we will see you again next time. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.